It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Inside Twins, live from Chicago. Game four of this four-game series coming up about an hour from now. Twins and the White Sox wrap things up on a warm late July summer day in Chicago. Kyle Gibson, Dylan Colby, the pitching matchup coming up later on. But first, we begin our Sunday programming with Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for joining us on our Sunday show and a great day to be joined by Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey, who joins us on the telephone today. Derek, thanks for your time. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Corey. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you and a day uh, that we're glad to have you on, especially after what uh, we heard and found out about last night. The Twins have a brand new player and Sergio Romo is here, veteran reliever. Let's begin the, the show with, with that move that was made last night. Why Romo, Derek? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's easy to look at Sergio Romo, look at his career, and uh, you just mentioned veteran reliever and see what he's done in meaningful spots. I mean, this is a guy who's pitched uh, in about as meaningful a situation as you're going to find in baseball multiple times over, you know, deep into the playoffs and World Series games, uh, and someone who has had that experience. Now, on top of that, you know, he continues to be kind of a bit of an anomaly as he continues to get older in the game, he's reinvented himself. You know, he knows how to use his stuff. He really knows how to pitch. Rocco Baldelli was with him last year uh, during his time in Tampa and, and really vouched for his competitiveness. So I, I think he's a guy who, uh, as those who've kind of seen him already early on joining the team today, he's out there to win. He's out there to compete. And I, I think that's really, really valuable. On top of that, he's, he's got, he still has good pitches and the ability to get a lot of hitters out in the big leagues. It, it has to be more than just strikeouts and ERA because we, Danny and I were talking about this late last night. If you look at some other numbers on StatCast with the contact rate, the exit velocity, the hard hit contact, he's not allowing much of that. Are those maybe not more important but as important as some of the raw numbers that, that we've leaned on for so long to, to really judge a player's success or lack thereof? You know, I, I actually think you're, you guys are right. It's more important in my mind, and here's why. Just, you know, over the course of a reliever's year, you can have a couple of outings that whether it's, uh, you know, a couple of hits and a few runs in with the number of innings relievers throw, which isn't high, sometimes an ERA cannot, uh, cannot signal much. Now, that said, Sergio's, uh, since I think the end of April, been among the uh, bullpen leaders in ERA, uh, and certainly someone given uh, his experience who knows how to pitch can – can induce weak contact, as, as you've talked about. So I think this is a guy who, when you look at all of the underlying abilities that he has, uh, particularly against right-handed hitters, something that I think really complements our bullpen well. When we look at Taylor Rogers toward the back end of games or what Ryan Harper's been able to do against lefties, you know, Sergio now brings another look for us against right-handed hitters that uh, he's, he's continued to be. He's always been dominant in his career and continues to be in that, in that role. Romo this year with the uh, Miami Marlins, Derek, he saved 17 games, but is he going to be utilized more as a bridge to Taylor Rogers than necessarily have the ninth inning in a tight game? Well, I think that's going to be uh, something, a question for Rocco, you know, and certainly how he wants to use him. 
no one knows him better than than Rocco in terms of how he uh, how he's most effective. And we saw he was an, one of the first or the first opener uh, used by Tampa last year. The best thing about Sergio Romo, uh, from what we know, and, and Rocco has said this, is that he just wants the ball and he wants it in a meaningful spot. Whether that's the seventh inning with a couple guys on and here's the time to go get the outs, or it's the ninth inning when we're lined up with a few righties and maybe it's a night that Taylor Rogers. You know, has uh, has has either been used already or uh, has a night off. You know, this is a guy who's had experience closing games, and there's no substitute for that. When you can add a guy like that to pitch toward the back end of games to just get meaningful outs. You mentioned that Rocco uh, was with him somewhat in a, in a coaching capacity with Tampa Bay in, in recent years. How involved was Rocco in the dialogue before the trade was finalized? How involved was the manager on this uh, possibly happening, Dirk? Well, he, he's been on, on all of them. You know, any conversations we've had around any player, whether it's free agent or trade acquisition, that's the way we operate. So Rocco and I are talking about it all the time. Now, notably, because he had Sergio, he had a ton of information around what he could bring and, and his presence in, in the bullpen and in our clubhouse and the competitiveness. So, you know, having firsthand knowledge as a manager, nothing's better than that. So I think that he, he certainly was a big factor here. He knows what Sergio can do. He feels he feels he can really help our bullpen out, so uh, we were glad to get him. And the Twins, of course, after the game today, will head to Miami, and that's the team where Romo was pitching and where he was pitching earlier in the season. Did you guys give him the option to stay today and then you know, take Monday to, to pack and get your things together before joining the Twins officially on Tuesday? You know, he, had, he didn't want it, right? He wanted to get here and pitch, and I think that that's, that speaks to who he is. He, he wanted to get going right away. If he thinks he has a chance to help us win a game today, he wants to be a part of that. Now, uh, it is unique, as you said. We're going to fly right back to where he came from this morning uh, to get the off day. I think it will be good that he has the off day to collect some things and do what he needs to do back there in Miami. But uh, I'm sure it will be a unique experience for him going right back into that ballpark on Tuesday uh, on the other side. So I, I think this is a this is a high-level competitor, and he wanted to be a part of our team today to hope to help us win. Yeah, the bullpen, too, in recent days and in recent weeks even, Derek, has undergone quite the overhaul. You know, a lot of veteran guys are no longer with the team, and you look at that bullpen mix right now, and, you know, Trevor May is as a senior statesman in that bullpen amongst twins. It's a young bullpen, so is the desire right now, not just in terms of Romo, but continuing dialogue with other teams in advance of Wednesday's deadline to add veteran arms to that bullpen before the deadline? Well, I think there's there's always some benefit in that. Certainly, uh, we'll continue to see what uh, the market bears over the next few days. It it has been, I think, it has been uh, well documented, relatively slow. So I think that we'll see where that goes. But adding someone like Sergio Romo to the mix that now helps uh, Taylor Rogers and others kind of understand what it's like to go through the second half. And we have guys in our clubhouse like Marlon Gonzalez and Nelson Cruz and a number of others who've been in playoff situations before that, and, and the hard charge through August and September. I think that we have a few guys now in, in different capacities and at different spots, both in the, on the pitching staff now and, and in the clubhouse on the position player side that can only serve to help our guys continue to grow and develop in that way. Why has the market been so slow developing here? You know, I'm not sure I have a clear answer to that. I think the, but I would say this, that you know, from our perspective, you look at a lot of teams across baseball and there's a number of teams that are fighting for, for potential playoff position. I, I think when you look over the National League, I feel like every few days I, I look up at the standings and I see a couple other teams jumping a few others that are ahead of them and, and then vice versa. It flips the other way. 
the, with the advent of the second wild card and the realities that divisions are relatively close, uh, I would say that but by and large, there are still a lot of teams that are assessing what they think they can do both now and in the future uh, and how it impacts not just this season, but maybe next season as well. Yeah, the, the the 40-man roster, too, Derek, has taken on a, a new look. We've seen guys take it off, and I, I believe it's now at 37. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's at 37, 38. Uh, hard to keep track here in recent days. Were some of these moves made, whether it was McGill or Morin or Mejia, was that done to clear 40-man spots in advance of hopefully adding some players from other organizations before the deadline? You know, at the time those decisions were made, it, it wasn't a factor around the deadline. I think the, the reality of this is, and sometimes this gets lost in understanding around players, is you have some who have options, and they can be sent to the minor leagues and you keep them in your organization without exposing them to other teams. Unfortunately, guys like Matt McGill, Mike Moore, and Adelberto Mejia, all of those guys were out of options. Uh, and so they were not, uh, by by rule, allowed to be sent to the minor leagues without going through waivers. Well, the, the reality is that's just that's just how this works. And we would have loved to keep all those guys in the organization, you know, in the minor leagues. We will have kept some uh, through the course of this process. But I would say that, uh, by and large, it was really about giving ourselves the best chance at that moment in time. And we had to make difficult calls about guys who were on the team at that time and who could come up and help us. And I think we've seen of late, whether it's Lewis Thorpe coming out of the bullpen or Cody Stashak or Devin Smeltzer coming up to really help us out uh, in the Yankee series, those guys have options, could go back to the minor leagues. So we had to make some tougher calls on those without. Last one before we take our first break. Was, was the Blake Parker dialogue, was that tougher than others? Yeah, they're always tough. Every one of them's tough. I don't take any of them lightly. Uh, Blake's a tremendous teammate, great person, gone about his business about as well as we could have expected here. I think just at this point, we had to make the decision who had the most functionality in our bullpen, who could help us the most going forward. And you know, Blake, at that time, we had to make that call. Now, I'm, I'm hopeful now that he's cleared waivers, that he's still part of our organization going forward. And he, he's done it before. He's been a good reliever in the past. I think getting some consistency with his split would be a big uh, part of the next step of him giving us a chance to help us. So he's deciding right now whether or not to, to accept that, that first outright down to Rochester? Yeah, and that's a normal process. Uh, when a player with his service time is, is outrighted, he has the ability to uh, reject or accept that assignment, usually a 48-hour process just to, to evaluate it. But uh, I'm, I'm hopeful and, and, and that we'll have like a part of our organization going forward. Now we'll take a break, come back. A lot to get to with Derek Falvey. Inside Twins continues live on a beautiful day in Chicago. Next, on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Prove is back with you. We're continued to be joined right now by Twins CBO Derek Falvey. We spent the first segment speaking of Sergio Romo, who is here today and could pitch if needed here in Game 4. Also coming in that trade, uh, Derek, late last night, is a young, tall, big, right-handed pitcher named Chris Balamon, who was a fifth-round pick by the Marlins back in 2018. Looking at his numbers this year, two levels of A-ball, the strikeout rate is high and his whip is, is really low. Yeah, Chris is a guy you know we really liked. Our, our scouts are... Um, some of our information we had on his pitches, the whole, the whole combination of it really uh, piqued our interest. And, and when we were including someone like Lewin Diaz, a guy who's had a nice bounce-back season for us in the minor leagues, you know, we, we felt we needed some additional prospect value in that conversation, and we allowed uh, you know, our guys to really dig in and look at potential players of, of fit. But 
Chris is somebody who right now at the high level, you know, he's missing bats at a good rate. He's, he's throwing strikes, continues to get better. The velocity's picking up. We think we have some ideas around how to continue to help him going forward. So anytime you can add a good young arm uh, to, to your stable at, at the A ball or high A ball level that can track at some point over the next couple of seasons to be an option for you, it was a great outcome for us. So not only to get Sergio, clearly his impact at the major league level is felt right now, but to get a, a controllable young starter as well, along with a player to be named later. We have a small group of players we'll be scouting uh, that, that we'll make a decision on later this summer. So it's a, a good deal overall for us. What determines uh, the kind of player you may get back? I know sometimes with contending teams, if a team makes a playoff run and they get in or they don't, that could change the pool of players that a team could get back and that player to be named swap. The Marlins clearly not a playoff team. How, how do you put that together, the, the pool of players that you may or may not be able to also get back? You know, it's an interesting part of the negotiation as you get a little bit deeper. If, if you mention a few names that could be in the mix uh, and, and you know a decent amount about them, but maybe they're younger players in some cases and you need your scouts to go out and see them some more and really make the determination as a negotiation between you, know, the, you and the other club about what that list looks like. You know, in this particular case, it's a small list of players, a few guys on it that we, we like some but want to learn more about each of them. And so we'll do that really in the next few weeks uh, i would anticipate us having clarity on that over the next few weeks and, and that only adds to the value in our mind but uh it, it's ultimately something that i think uh, we'll get some closure on uh, really by the end of the, the end of the month of august going back to the to the acquisition of jake odorizzi early last year derek and jermaine palacios traded to the rays uh for odorizzi and at the time you guys were you guys liked palacios but felt that was an area up and down the organization you were deep in, the shortstop position. Now you look at the, the trade last night sending Lewin Diaz back to Miami. First base throughout the system, is that an area of strength when you look at where you're at from a, from a depth standpoint, top to bottom? It does play a role in the conversation, no question. I mean, Lewin has had a, a great year on, on a lot of fronts, and as I said, a bounce back year, but we felt like with our group that we have, maybe some corner bats that are playing some outfield and first base right now, there could have been a few guys that are a tick ahead of where he is on our depth chart. It, you got to give up something to get something, certainly, and that's just reality of a deadline, and you, and you can't be uh, too covetous of, of all of the talent you have in the minor leagues. We want to keep as much of it as we can and develop it into Minnesota Twins players that will impact us in the big leagues, but should be you have to give up a player sometimes to get someone of Romo's caliber, and then with our ability to add in additional value coming back at the prospect level, we felt like uh, we ended up in a really good place overall today. I will take a break, come back, and have one last segment of Inside Twins with Derek Falvey next, right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with you on a lovely day here in Chicago, a warm day. Twins after a series win. Kyle Gibson for the Twins today here in game four. Dylan Covey, one and six, ERA over six, opposing for the White Sox. We uh, continue our conversation now with Derek Falvey, the, the trade deadline, and we've touched a lot on that. Let's uh, hit that subject again if we can, Derek. The deadline's coming up Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I know you can't be too specific about actual names, but I guess, generally speaking, what are you actively seeking to try and get to improve this team? 
Well, we're, we're, we stay open-minded, certainly, about any conversation. I think that the reality is you have to continue to have dialogue you know, between now and Tuesday. Uh, as much as I think fans and, and sometimes us in the front office want to accelerate some of those conversations, the reality is there are so many disparate uh, discussions happening between organizations and uh, and so many potential creative ideas that are out there. Sometimes it takes time to get back to all of the other clubs and, and really determine whether or not you're ready to pull the trigger. So I think that as it stands right now, we continue to talk to those teams, you know, whether it's uh, in the starting pitching realm or relief pitching realm or even position player realm, all of those conversations are happening. So I don't think anything's ruled out at this point, but in Romo, clearly we felt we got somebody who helps our bullpen if there are other opportunities to do so uh, in the pitching space, I'm sure we'll have those conversations. But at this point, I can't peg the likelihood of anything because I think things will just transpire as they will over the next 24 to 48 hours. The look of this team offensively, are you, are you pretty much content with, with the look offensively that adding a bat, that is low down on the list, that it's more about pitching, whether it be a bullpen arm, a lefty arm, even another starting pitcher? Is that the priority right now? Well, I think when you look at our group, our position player group, one of the challenges we had for a bit of period of time there was just health. You know, we wanted to get everyone back on the field, not having guys like uh, Byron Buxton in the lineup or even C.J. Crone now of late. I mean, other guys that have really helped us this year. I think we want to try and get everyone healthy. By and large, clearly we've performed uh, on the on the position player side and overall offensively uh, as, as good as we, I think we could hope for the year. Uh, you never rule anything out. There are some creative discussions that come from time to time, whether it's multiple players in a swap and how does that impact your position player club. So we just stay open-minded to all of it, but I think our, our primary focus has been more on the pitching side. Uh, pass along some advice for fans right now because, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same. Uh, you, you look at, you know, social media and you, you see what Ken Rosenthal is, is writing about, John Morosi, Buster Olney, you know, Jason Stark, Joel, all, all these guys that, that study the game and know the game really, really well. But what is fact and, and what is fiction here? Advice you'd pass along to fans who are reading all the same stuff, and maybe you are as well, about what is out there and maybe what's what's uh, false. Yeah, it's a great question, and, and, and I don't mean this negatively whatsoever, you know, with respect to those guys. They all have to do their jobs and put it out there. But I will say that a lot of what you read is probably just a hypothetical conversation and not necessarily something that is active or live. Uh, I think it's uh, – uh, interesting sometimes when the rumors that are out there suggest that uh, there are potential teams talking about players, which I, I think we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we weren't talking about those players. So at this stage, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to follow it. It's a lot of fun to think about the creative uh, proposals that may be out there. I think pay attention as, uh, as close to the deadline as you can, because my sense is uh, you kind of tune out a lot of it until the last 24 to 48 hours when everything really picks up. Now, the Twins have a lot of good young players in their system. It's a highly ranked farm system. You know, if I asked you a month ago, were, were there a group of guys that were untouchable? Has that list now changed just hours and days before the trade deadline? Well, I, I think every I, – I really don't try to label anybody truly, say, untouchable because I think what that means is you're, you're not going to listen to whatever the other team proposes around the player. And I, I think we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't spend time at least digesting different ideas and proposals. You know, there's some great players around the game. We feel we have some great players in our minor league system, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to make decisions on, on each of those uh, discussions. And I think for players who maybe are, are free agents at the end of the year, who you're trying to acquire, you're looking at that very differently than maybe a player you could acquire who you have control of 
you know, in terms of their contract over the next two to three seasons. So those are very different conversations, and we never shut our we never shut ourselves out to any any of those. But uh, I'm happy with where our minor league system is. I think our scouts and development people have done a really nice job to develop some good young talent that allows us to potentially access players, uh, good players, with other clubs along the way. So we'll just. We'll stay active in those conversations and hopefully can com- continue to find ways to help this team. In less than 90 seconds left. Uh, I haven't asked you in a while about Bruzar Gratterall, who's been sidelined with a shoulder injury. Uh, where is he at in his uh, rehab? Yeah, we've been very fortunate with Bruzar recently. We were excessively conservative for, for good reason in the front end. Anytime a young pitcher has a shoulder injury, you just want to be sure. Uh, he's built up, he's built back up, and he's thrown in some games now. He's been in uh, – Uh, a GCL rehab environment, uh, which has allowed him to get very specific throwing. But he threw the other day up to 25 to 30 pitches and was touching 97, 98 again on the gun with with no pain. So that that to me is really the the good sign is that he's feeling good. He's out there throwing. Uh, he's a guy we know can impact us down the line. So uh, the fact that he's throwing and in a good place is really going to help us going forward. Final 30 seconds. Big news we also got last night. Royce Lewis no longer in a ball up to double A. Yeah, Royce has you know, continued to progress. I think he got off to a slow start when he had his oblique strain and things weren't quite where they needed to be at the outset of the season. But uh, since the All-Star break there in, in high A Fort Myers, he's really gone on a tear. He's swinging the bat well. We felt like now was the time to get him up to double A. He's now with a no- among a number of our best young hitters there. Derek, thanks for the time. Good luck, and uh, it should be a fun few days before Wednesday. Thanks for having me on, Corey. Have a great day. Now we thank Derek Falvey for his time. Stay tuned. More to come. The pregame show with Chris is coming up next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.